No, it's I don't think so. It's actually really sweet. Ooh. I like it. It's got a medicinal flavor. It's mostly honey. Yeah, that's what I really pick up on is a lot of honey. Yeah, I do not like it. Just a tiny hint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tastes like cigar smoke. Michigoni in degree. All the best podcasts are free. Not a ginger and witty. Playing games and drinking tea. Call a pound never lies. The best podcast for its size. So hang out with your new best friend. With a friend for hitting Hello, welcome to a special bonus episode. Especialis. I that t- just cut that <laughs> out. <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah, it's special. Wait, hey, welcome to CJ. a special. <laughs> now I can't cut that out. Um, yeah, we had did an awesome interview. <laughs> we were interviewed yes. on Coffee Talk with CJ. Yeah, it was really great to. Uh, talk about video games and learn how to say some uh, naughty shit in Learn how to say now you really shit in the blue cupboard in <laughs> yes. Swedish. Yes. Do and, I remember? And movies and coffee. No. And... I'll just have to re-listen. What the hell kind of intro is this? This is a great episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Filled with just as many shenanigans as this intro. Yep. So check it out and then go check out... Coffee uh, Talk with CJ, right? Coffee Talk with CJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I hope you enjoy. I'll make sure to throw a link or two in the show notes. Word to your moms. Okay. All right, then let me let me then prepare my drink. So my drink for today is called Norlands Guld, which is a Swedish beer. It's actually my favorite beer. I personally am not much of a drinker, but that's the one beer that I like drinking. Translated means mm. uh, the Northern Gold. It's a malt taste with touch of citrus, herbs, and one thing is called knäckebröd here in Sweden. Bröd means uh, bread, but knäckebröd is a type of, you know, only the hard piece of the bread. Like the crust. Yeah, like the crust, exactly. Semi-dry, semi-fillness, minimal sweetness. But it fits great with uh, classical Swedish dishes. Sounds good. Kind of like a pale yellow color, like a lager? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This one, as an alcohol quantity, is 5.3. I could go get some bourbon if you guys, like, <laughs> want to feel, like, better about your choices. <laughs> well, Ginger, you know what they say, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, so... <laughs> I do have some Granddad 114 that would probably make me day drunk <laughs> by two sips. So. It would help you take a nap this afternoon. <laughs> it would. I was too energetic. Uh, oh my gosh. We stayed up pretty late last night and I woke up this morning. I wasn't feeling the best. I'm feeling better, but I'm I might take a nap after this recording. <laughs> well, don't take it too hard though. Don't take it too hard because we have a lot to discuss today. Right. <laughs> well, you've been a little right, quiet. So today. I'm gonna open my my drink now. It's called Hard Latte from Brown Bomber, made <laughs> with 100% Arabica coffee, that's 5% alcohol. On the side, it says it's a malt beverage flavored with natural flavors and Arabica coffee, and it contains milk. So Brown Bomber sounds like something <laughs> like a shart. Yes. Like something you're going to mess your pants with. <laughs> what can you well, tell you know us about the taste? I can do that. I do. <laughs> mm, it's 
This is a vanilla flavored one. They had vanilla and mocha. I picked vanilla. Nice. I would have been with the mocha. And yeah, it is. It's like a very sweet vanilla coffee beverage. But also with a slight tint of beer. Because after all, you say malt, that it contains malt. Yes, it is a malt beverage. But no, it doesn't taste like beer at all. It just tastes like coffee and milk. Coffee and vanilla milk. So... If you mean that if you and me hypothetically go out for a drink in, in the evening and I order this, I'm going to look weird. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll have the mocha beer, you... please. <laughs> yeah. With they the use malt beverage for a lot, of, a lot of drinks when they don't want it to taste like beer. Like yeah. there's a lot of fruit flavored malt beverages. Like Mike's Hard Lemonade or oh, what? there's so many. We yeah. don't drink them too often anymore, but in our 20s, we definitely love them. It's definitely a new trend. PBR did a coffee beverage recently, and now this is the second one I found. They taste pretty good, but they're really sugary. I wouldn't want to drink too many of them. Yeah, you'd like get a stomach ache, like those yeah. monster uh, coffee energy drinks. Right. I can't drink them. They're... They hurt my stomach. Oh, they hurt a lot. Just... Especially if you have a muscle ache. That is like the worst possible <laughs> worst possible thing you right. can drink. Yeah. One time <laughs> I was working in construction and I just had to pull these huge trees that we were supposed to plant them. But it was like they're already grown up. We just had to place them. And, and you can't imagine how heavy they are. So we need like two or three yeah. people. So I'm completely done. And I did the biggest mistake. I took a Red Bull. When I got home, <laughs> biggest mistake mm. in the morning, I could not feel my arms, not my hands, my arms from pain. <laughs> I couldn't lift them. That's how bad it was. I, I had to ask my fiance to actually call on my behalf and say, I'm sorry, I cannot go to work today. Oh my <laughs> I'm missing goodness. my arms. <laughs> <laughs> I have my hands, but like Rayman. <laughs> like Rayman from Rayman Raving Rabbits. Rayman yeah. had like no arms, but he had hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that actually stuck with me. I played this when I was little. Rayman's, I think it was called Rayman's Revenge or something like that. It was pretty, Yeah. Yeah, that was the one. I played it a lot, even though I was that little to like, I cannot make any sense of what's going on in front of me, but it's colorful, it's jumpy, it's nice. It's like the purest joy. Of playing a game when you have no clue what the hell is going on. <laughs> right. And that helps because that game isn't that good of a game. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a fan. <laughs> I think I played it only just because that was like the only game at the time that was on the computer. And I was right. just too little to actually have any say or anything to do <laughs> about it. So I was like, eh, I guess I have to accept it. Was it was just something to do. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, back in the 80s and 90s, there were a lot of games that we just played just because they were around. Yes. Which were like the Sega first games? Channel. Which were the first computer games that you've played? Oh, man. Computer, not console. Computer, it was a toss-up between Doom and what is that? That one, it's almost on every single computer where you're, you're hitting like squares. Minesweeper. No, Minesweeper. Minesweeper. And if you, <laughs> we, my friend and I would put the mines up as much as possible and try to find the one square that we yeah. didn't have a mine in it because we were just so bored. <laughs> Back when I was in elementary school, we had a computer class. 
and on the computer there was Jill of the Jungle, and that was the only platformer that we could play at school. That was before most people had computers at home. Jill of the Jungle. So you were Jill of the Jungle. Yep, you're kind of like a... Is that like a knockoff of George of the Jungle? (laughs) Sounds like it. Translation didn't go fully. (laughs) Right. Yeah, if you make George of the Jungle a woman and then put her in like a Mario type game, it was kind of like that. Oh, that's advanced for its time. Yeah, and there was Oregon Trail. Yeah, I was going to say Oregon Trail. I'm shocked that the Catholic school I went to let us play that shit. I haven't played it, to be honest. I have no... I I mean, I know most (laughs) of the stuff uh, that exists, but like only as mentions but not so much as uh, for personal experience like for example the Oregon Trail which I still to this day I couldn't understand I can't understand what exactly is it's a simulation you are taking uh, it's like can you explain to me yeah simulation it's like a simulation and a survival game pretty much yeah you pick uh, you have a certain amount of money when you leave the east coast and you're trying to make it to Oregon in a wagon with your family. Yeah. And so you have to pick how much of what kind of food you take and like ammo, hunting. medical supplies. Yep, there is a hunting mini game where you can walk around if you have enough ammo. Fucking awful. You can try and shoot like <laughs> deer, buffalo to get more meat. So bad. When you make it to the Mississippi River, that's really hard part. Yeah, to get across the Mississippi if you even got up to there and didn't get bit by a fucking snake or uh-huh. like someone fell off your wagon and broke their leg and died. Yeah. Or you died of dysentery. <laughs> I, I don't know if I remember correctly, but uh, from what I've seen for this game, when uh, I've been watching it on, for example, review videos, like Angry Video Game Nerd is my favorite uh, person to watch yeah, for that. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. That it's mostly this game text-based. Do I remember yeah, that correctly? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is pretty much all text-based except for the hunting minigame. It's been so long since I played it. Can you call it an RPG then? Like a fa- grand- distant grandfather cousin of the RPGs? Like an old action RPG, maybe. It's a, more like a text-based RPG. Text-based survival. Yeah. It's weird. But imagine if you have to fight uh, the snake and you, it takes you to a screen <laughs> to look like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the ball at it. <laughs> Cowboy Joe, I choose you. Right. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Or you die of diarrhea. Yeah, yeah I read something. That, oh my god. Well, in those times, <laughs> like it was actually die of possible. Yourself. Yes. <laughs> well, you still can now if you don't, you know, hydrate if you have it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Drink your water if you have diarrhea, damn it. <laughs> we got it. In every single liquid, it is proven that it has water. So, therefore, I'm taking my water. Yeah, it's not actual water. It's only coffee, but it's okay. It's still water inside, so I'm covered. Check. Checkmate, bitch. Yeah, coffee is mostly water. Beer yep. is mostly water. Yep. Oh, my biggest... Uh... Especially the beer you usually drink, Will. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say my biggest revelation happened uh, when I started to order Americano one time when I was in college in one of the coffee stores next to us. And I was like, this is amazing. This is great. And since I love coffee and I drink coffee all the time, but I was like, this isn't such a huge uh, cup. And I was like, great. It fits perfectly. Until I actually realized that Americano is actually, you know, normal size coffee, and then the rest is just fills up with water. So it's like watered huh. down coffee. I'm Good. drinking watered <laughs> down coffee, literally. <laughs> That's talk about so, quantity over quality. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you made that like crazy viral whipped coffee? Probably I've tasted, but <laughs> Maybe it hasn't uh, stayed in my memory. <laughs> Maybe it's more viral here in America. It's like a big trend on TikTok or something. Yeah. So people are like whipping instant coffee with sugar and hot water and then just mixing it half with milk. I know I made some yesterday and it was way better than I expected. <laughs> Yeah, it's like making whipped cream, but with uh, instant coffee yeah. instead of cream. So you make your normal coffee and you make whipped cream and you have that instead of milk, for example? or <clears throat> It's two tablespoons of instant coffee. It has to be instant. Mm -hmm. Two tablespoons of sugar and two tablespoons of hot water. You whisk that or if you have like a hand mixer or a stand mixer, I would recommend that because it takes about 15 minutes to fluff up. Mm -hmm. But you whip that, and then you just have a glass half with whatever milk you want. Almond milk, regular moo moo milk, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with a couple ice cubes, and then you scoop Ah, you mean the ice cup. Up. You mean the ice cup <laughs> yeah. coffee. The, the Nescafe ice it, coffee. That is pretty famous of. here. It's yeah. pretty famous here in, in Europe, at least in the summertime. Yeah, it's like almost like fluffy coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, it's good. <laughs> so I actually have a subscription to Death Wish Coffee. It's the world's strongest coffee because I don't like weak coffee. I want something to wake my ass up in the morning. So I bought some of their instant coffee and it turned out really, really good. <laughs> I have to say that I am so happy and jealous of people who say that I drink coffee so I can wake up because <laughs> that's something that it just doesn't happen for me anymore. It's like I'm drink I can say it like this. Right now I'm 30 years old. By between the age of let's say 17 till 25 for example, I've been drinking around 5 to 7 coffees per day. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and when you drink that much almost every single day, you can tell that your system is just getting so used to to the caffeine, so basically it doesn't have yeah. any effect on you whatsoever. It becomes like water. <laughs> So the rest is just mindfulness. So every time when I hear it, I was like, I drink coffee so I can wake up. And I was like, how is life on wish. your planet? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> you need some death wish, sir. That stuff well, that, is That amazing. is close to what we drink close to that, too. Because every morning we make a 12-cup pot of coffee. And we usually drink most of it between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the morning, though. Yeah. Unless we want to stay up like last night for D&D. &D. Right. <laughs> For me, it's like I drink it mostly out of um, habit, almost like a yeah. habit. Yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't really wake me up or anything. But it's like this is officially now the moment where I just start my day. When I drink, have my first <laughs> sip, it was like, welcome to the new day. Ah, let's see what's it gonna bring today. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have a friend who drinks coffee all day, just all day, constantly has a drip coffee cup. Uh, coffee maker going. Damn. 12 cup. Okay, yeah, that's a day. new level. That's a new level shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I mean, I, I have to stop pretty much after I eat because if I drink coffee, it just fills me up more and I feel too stuffed. And speaking of diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> and, if, and if I thought I was crazy that I was uh, starting, the, starting the car in the morning so I can have an excuse to actually get to the car, get my coffee cup so I can get in, make my coffee, and then when I go out, my car is now nice and warm 
warm. Ah, wonderful. Then I just sit down and just go to work. And I thought that was crazy. But uh, your friend, she's taking it to the next level. Congratulations. Her and her husband. Her and her husband. Oh, so it's double the power. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was funny when we visited them. I bought them. I brought them some whole bean coffee because I thought they had a coffee grinder. And then I ended up buying a grinder for them because they didn't have it. Whoops. It was a whole thing. (laughs) So you're saying Death Wish. So I would assume by the name that it's like the strongest ever possible coffee. But yes. Okay. What is the usual coffee that you drink? Is it dark roast? Is it average? Like medium medium, to dark. Medium to the dark. We put... We put way more coffee in the coffee machine than any recipe calls for. We fill the filter up to the top pretty much. Yes. And we usually mix about half Death Wish with about half cherry flavored whole bean coffee. And we grind it fresh every morning. And so it's got a little hint of cherry and it's very strong and dark. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so basically when you put your spoon in, it's just going to stand still. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cowboy coffee. Cowboy Thank you. Coffee. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder now. Oh, I got so it. Funny. I got uh, that's first of all, I'm really happy that we're recording this so I can re-listen to it again. And second, <laughs> I want to actually find out now where this Deaf Wish coffee is. I actually want to get my so hands on it. So you can order it online. You can join their subscription club for a little cheaper. It is kind of expensive. I'm not sure what they will do shipping overseas and whatnot, but oh, yeah, it's one sure of those subscriptions where they send you, yeah, they send you what we get two pounds a month, I think. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Well, yeah, I'll think I about it. it but I have it. I'll think about <laughs> it. I still don't have a death wish, like uh, literally speaking. So I think I'm fine for now with my dark roast. I'll be fine. <laughs> By the way, uh, Willie, uh, you said uh, you and Gin- you said that you and Ginger uh, have set up uh, world records. I'm really interested. First off, I'm honored to speak with people who have <laughs> who have been written themselves in the history of gaming. They've left their mark. I want to know on what, how, and how it transpired. Tell me about it. Let's so see. it started in uh, the early 2000s. There was an article in GamePro about Twin Galaxies. And how they track world records and verify scores for a Guinness book. Mm-hmm. So I got a hold of Twin Galaxies, emailed Walter Day, who was running it at the time. Yeah. And I emailed him about some games that weren't tracked. And eventually he said, hey, do you want to join as a referee and set up all these games that you play that we don't track yet? Mm-hmm. So I joined as a referee and set up a bunch of games that nobody else had set scores for. So a lot of our scores were initial scores, like the first score on the game. So they would stand as a record until somebody came and submitted a higher score. Was it only games that were not, you know, famous or not po- not so popular? People don't play that much? Or... Kind of. A lot of them were. We would play some of the more popular games, but the more people that go for a high score, they push it higher and it gets harder to set. Mm-hmm. I like playing weird, quirky, lesser known games anyways. So I would usually stick to the stuff that there weren't many people competing for. All right. We did have we did have some in like popular games. Like we played uh, Guitar Hero on easy mode, <laughs> and so we could get we could hit every note, and then we'd find the perfect spot to do the whammy bar to push the score higher. Yes. <laughs> and how did so that we work? got the max score first. Which, which was your favorite yeah. song then? Oh, 
I'm thinking of the song. Uh, what's that Stroke song that was on the first Guitar Hero? Uh, let me look at my pocket computer. That's a really good one. <laughs> um, I know. I really like. I think I still have maybe the Saucer Swarm on Mario Party Eight. Yeah, I think you still have the record for that. Is it Reptilia from the Strokes? I'm looking it up. That's the only songs from The Strokes that I know, at least. And I know for sure that it was in the Guitar Hero game, but I'm that not could sure. Be yeah, it was Reptilia. Yep. Yes. And you set up a record on that one. So if I open now Guitar Hero and I go to this song and I look at the rankings and I'm going to see Willie and Ginger as on top. On the Twin Galaxies website, yes. <laughs> yeah, if you go to twingalaxies.com, then you can find us there. You know what? I just might do that. <laughs> <laughs> the one I I was really shocked and I always have a good laugh mm-hmm. is the Tetris score, the horrible Tetris score for the DS that I set that was used in the very first Guinness World Record book video game edition on the Tetris page. And I watched one of our friends from New York take it down. Oh, no. And I was okay with that. It doesn't matter to me. But I already had it in the Guinness World Record book. It was funny that they published it because it was really a terrible score. It was like... so bad. It was like 65,000 points. Something like that. So bad. Then when we met up with Triforce and he said, hey, watch me play this. I want to set a high score and beat Ginger's score. So I watched him and he had... He had a million points within like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Well, he he's the first one who got to Tetris. To level 99, 99. In Tetris 99. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I was never good at Tetris. That's why... that that, ex- either, that explains why That explains why I never became an architect. It just doesn't make <laughs> right? any sense. Yeah. It's not going to make any sense in my creation. How- I love Tetris. I'm not good at it, but it's still a fun game because... It's it's simple. There is one game actually, like a, I think it's a variation of Tetris that my fiance is constantly playing uh, when we're watching something. I, I personally humorously call no. it uh, probably I don't know. Uh, I call it I don't, I decided to call it Reverse Tetris. I have no idea why, because you're basically getting three shapes and you choose how to place them on the on the grid so you can form lines so it eliminates them exactly like in tetris but it's like you're building up the whole thing till you're bust that almost sounds like cleopatra fortune as well yeah because there's lots of that sounds like a name that sounds like a name of a slot machine i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because we cover i covered that game and I believe in Japan it was Cleopatra Fortune, and then once they brought it to America, they pluralized it, calling it Cleopatra's Fortune. I don't think it was pluralized. I think it was a possessive. Possessive, yes. pluralized, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, English is my first language, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we also had a lot of fun uh, together setting two-player world records. Yeah. There's a lot of co-op games where you can play together and go for a combined high score. Yeah, read some of those off. I did pull that up. We still hold one (laughs) arcade record for a two-player team with a single credit on Let's Go Jungle on the Lost Island of Spice. Really? Yeah, we still hold (laughs) that one. That's funny. What is the game about? We hold the record. It's a kind of a real shooter. Yeah, it's one of those big arcade cabinets where you have a gun and you just shoot all these like giant spiders that come at you as you're in a jeep driving through the jungle. Mm -hmm. It's fun. 
I love those games. Still... I love those arcades. Yeah. I yes. miss the times. Now I'm too old to go to arcades. I don't think no, they're not. actually in Sweden. <laughs> I don't think in actually in Sweden they have arcades. I've never actually seen arcades. I have in That's Bulgaria lame. when I go there in the malls, there is an arcade floor where it's full of arcades, but yeah. It's like here in Sweden, I don't think I've seen any arcades at all. They're pretty anti-arcade. Now I now I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I know we used to have a lot of a lot more in America in the 80s, and then they kind of fell off. But there's a lot of small ones popping up here and there in America. But I'm sure with everything that's going on, they're hurting. Now instead of arcades, most of them are set up as barcades. 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 Perfect. So you can go and get a beer while you play your games perfect because yeah. all of us millennials are of drinking age <laughs> and we want to play video games i say i say <laughs> here's the challenge six beers 5.3 percent and then you go and beat the high score on dance dance revolution <laughs> oh, and try not to puke on the, yeah. on the whole game <laughs> i was never really a fan of dance dance revolution but i loved the wii the wii Sports and the Wii Fit with the Wii Balance Board. The Just Dance game, you mean? The, the Just no, Dance. No, it was the Wii like Fit. You ah, could the Wii do Fit. like yoga mm -hmm. or running yeah. with that balance board. And I used to have the hula hoop record, but someone took it down. I tried to take it back, but I got really <laughs> tired. Yeah. That's not one that you can try over and over. No, <laughs> I think I tried five times and I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to be able to move tomorrow. Well, that's the yeah. idea of yoga. If you're wake, if actually, if you're training on anything, if you wake up on the next day and you are all in pain, that means you've done it right. 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 <laughs> I practice a lot of yoga. That kind of helped me get into yoga a little bit. And then I, I went to a few studios, but now I'm not going to pay that much for yoga. I can do that at home. Yeah, when you can just do it in the, the spare room or the backyard. Yep. Actually, when I'm not you paying say hundred dollars a month, and I have to go namaste. It's just so fake. <laughs> Those people they see so seem so fake to me. I'm sorry. Well, but... no, that's fair. Um, I I have a big problem when a lot of white people wanna use something that they don't fully understand and then charge for it exorbitant amounts of money. It just doesn't make me feel good as a white person to see other white people um, pretty much take something that wasn't theirs in the first place and make money off of it. You're talking about cultural appropriation. Yes, I was trying to think of the <laughs> <laughs> And that's what a lot, not all of, not all white people, of course, are doing that. But from experience here, I just see that happening. So I wanted to be a teacher, but now I just... I'll teach for free if someone wants if someone wants me to teach them, but I'm not going to charge anyone. Uh, teach me how to play Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> get Tetris and just start playing. <laughs> Eventually you'll get better. <laughs> there was one thing that I actually played a game today and uh, it's, it's one thing about shooters, for example, that I've never been good at competitive shooters. Never, ever. I'm just getting my ass oh, like totally kicked every single time. First person shooters? Yeah. Mostly, specifically. I'm horrible. And there is one thing that I was uh, searching no. for on the internet today, and I read it and it just made sense. A lot of people, the good players, say, I practice a lot. 
in order to get to this level. And a lot of people, what I actually reading is, I play a lot, so I got better at this right. thing. So they, after that, they get angry and they wonder why the hell I'm putting up so many hours into this game and I'm still getting my ass kicked, for example. <laughs> exactly that kind of mentality is what I'm missing, for example. But I prefer usually games that are single player because mostly where I come from, for example, the, especially the times of my teenagehood, I pirated a lot of games. Pirating, <laughs> pirating games was basically the norm. It was the norm. So one of the main things, if you didn't know about pirated games, is the first thing that you say goodbye to is multiplayer. Because right. you cannot let the game with the crack get in touch with the servers of the of the game. Because otherwise they're going to neutralize the, the crack and then it's it just going to come off as pirated game. And then you can't play it. Exactly. So mm -hmm. that's naturally one of the first things that you say goodbye to. And that's why I was missing... Uh, the initial maybe training so to speak so i can train and play against other people but now for example for the last three years or so i decided that i was gonna go legit so i'm gonna pay for every single game that i have uh, just i'm going completely legit everything that i say everything i play it's paid for fully with cash and all that and i still suck at those <laughs> so, <laughs> so i just realized i, I hate competitive games I hate, com hate competitive. <laughs> I love com cooperative, that for sure. But competitive? Nah, 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 nah. I'm not a fan of first-person shooters. I just don't like them. It's, it's too much. Yeah, like he was saying, it's a different type of game, and you need to practice and practice. And people who play first-person shooters have been playing almost just first-person shooters yep. for, like, the last five, ten years. Exactly. So they can, like, take you out across the field. Right. No problem. There are certain game I... genres that I miss that are not make it made anymore. The good old real-time strategies. Age of Empires, for example. Empire Earth, if you remember those. Starcraft. I the original Starcraft. Them, I, I love them. The building like them. building structure so you can build units. Blah, blah, blah. Attack. It just looks so, such a simple thing. Now it's gone. Just need to get Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you mentioned this. I wanna, I want to know about uh, Animal Crossing. I heard. I think it was a Wii game. I think it was a Wii game. You take two animal, two animal species, and you just cross them and see what, what see what happens. <laughs> not, not cubivore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, tell me about it. Well, I didn't play the first Animal Crossing, but I did buy the one for the Switch. And there's lots of building. There's lots of crafting. There's lots of just time waster and yeah. it's super colorful and super happy so there's, it's, there's it's no cute. action there's not much that you would normally think of in a game you just move to an island and you build a house you build furniture and wallpapers and decorate your house you catch fish bugs and plant trees and flowers yeah. and manage your island that's it animals move in next door to you and <laughs> you write letters to animals and it's so cute <laughs> Hey, how's it going, neighbor? How you doing? <laughs> ah, some Pretty sugar, much. neighbor. <laughs> you can yeah. give gifts to your neighbors, and yeah, um, it it's pretty cute. If you don't like building or crafting, don't fucking buy this game because you will not like it. 
You just won't. I think I tried a couple of those, but they're a bit of a survival games, but you still have this, uh, you're coming to a new place, you start building everything from scratch. I don't know, it gets kind of boring for me for some reason, especially <laughs> if it has a lack of story. I like good, a good story. I like a good story. Right. What's Animal's Crossing story, in your opinion, <laughs> Ginger and Willie? What is the story? <laughs> How did things end up in the universe in such a way that animals decided to cross themselves? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. The story of Animal Crossing is just live a life in real time. The game is also hooked up to the clock. So yep. if you play during the daytime, it's daytime in the game. If you play at nighttime, it's nighttime in the game. Yep. If you play on December 25th, it's Christmas in the game. If you play before Easter, there's Easter fucking eggs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you there's a lot of people bitching... But bitching about the Easter eggs, and I might have complained a couple times. Doesn't doesn't that feel exactly <laughs> like um, that kind of breaks the fourth wall in a way? Kind of. It's so it does. scary. It's this so new scary. game, the new game uh, saves itself a lot. But I played the first one on GameCube, and before <laughs> you turned it off, you had to go back to your house and save. And if you turned it off or it got disconnected without saving, when you turned it back on this mole called Mr. Rizzetti would come out and he'd yell at you for not saving and turning it <laughs> off. He'd say, are you trying to cheat? Did you do something you didn't want saved? You got to save every time you play. And every time you did it, he'd get madder and madder, yell at you in all caps. What the Definitely hell? Definitely breaking the fourth wall. That's some passive so aggroism. <laughs> That's right. a passive aggro if I ever seen one. <laughs> right. You know, you say first uh, or just one player games. I can relate because I love role-playing games. Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest are some of my favorite series in role-playing games. I've played a lot of them. I love RPGs. What is the thing I that attracts I guess I just want to save the world. I just want to save the world, and I can't do it in real life, so I'll do it in a video game. <laughs> what about you, Willie? How are you about RPGs? I like RPGs a lot. Um, one of the first ones I played was, or that I really got into, was Earthbound on Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I rented it back when it came out in 95, and it came with a strategy guide. And I stayed up almost all night. And I, <laughs> I beat the game in the three days that I had it over the weekend. Holy shit. Oh, was that the time, was that the time that when you actually up. had to rent the games and then return them at the end of the weekend? How do you yeah, do that? Yeah, we would get... Uh, how do you get enough? <laughs> three-day rentals. Three-day rentals. Rent it on Friday at night after school, and then we'd have to go bring it back on Sunday night before bedtime. Well, I'm so thankful that my only console that I ever had in my whole entire life, the NES, or maybe you will know them as the Famicom, uh -huh. uh, the only was the only console I ever had. But the games, thank God, I always got to keep. But the on, but uh, <laughs> you see the VHS. That's another thing. Then it's uh, the rental service there. But uh, right. for the games, oof. Earthbound was uh, on NES, right? Or was it on it was Super, Super Nintendo? Ah, uh, Super Nintendo. Okay, yeah. the advanced version. That I don't know it. But uh, well, what was the story about Earthbound? Can you can you remind me a little bit? It sounds it sounds familiar. I think I've played it. Maybe I haven't. But when it comes to RPG, I'm a bit of a later it's child. So good and so weird. Yeah, it's silly. You play as a boy. He's about seven or eight years old. Ness, and an asteroid crashes into Earth near his house. And he goes up to the asteroid, and there's a bumblebee who's an alien who tells him about this great evil. And this evil on the planet has possessed dogs and people and 
Taxis, objects. abstract art, all the enemies are crazy. You have to fight a bunch of zombies in a giant living circus tent. Eventually you go to this underground land where you turn really tiny and there's giant dinosaurs you have to fight. There's a diamond dog. You have to fight uh, possessed police officers. <laughs> and you get... He uses a baseball bat for a weapon. And he teams up with a girl who uses a frying pan. And she can pray to heal your health points. And then there's a guy, Jeff, who can invent stuff. And he can use a gun. And then you get a martial artist named Pooh. <laughs> who, there's only one weapon in the game that actually helps him out. And it's like a secret one. That one certain enemy has a 256 in one chance of dropping. <laughs> oh, God. That's so RPG. Only... But then by the end of the game, in order to get to the place where the uh, the last boss is, Jeff's inventor dad, or no, Dr. I, yeah, I think it is Dr. Andonuts. He transfers your souls to robots so that he can teleport you. Because if he teleports your body, it destroys the body. But he can teleport these robots with your souls in. And then you fight the last boss is like a abstract like pattern that waves and changes. And a lot of people say it actually kind of looks like a fetus. Oh my God. And the only way to defeat it is by not attacking with the three boys and having the girl just pray. Praying will what save the, the day. Well, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Now, after all this explanation, by the way, thank you. Now I don't feel <laughs> like I need to play the game because I know what happens. <laughs> but the only yeah. thing game I could say, the only thing I could say is now, Earthbound. What happens when you give a case of beer and a blank slate to a bunch of game developers? Earthbound. <laughs> <laughs> right. The developer actually made it to uh, help him communicate with his daughter. And there's this race of people called Mr. Saturns. And oh. in the American version, they talk in like a, a wingding font. But in the original Japanese version, it was actually his daughter's handwriting that they oh. pixelated. And so it was like messy, like a six-year-old child's writing that these guys talked in. Damn. Nice. That's yeah. some advanced thinking right there. Thinking about how limited the the technology was at the time. That was, that's a pretty right. cool idea when you think about it. It's like now and there's, yeah, there's daughter weird, has done there's something. There's weird silly stuff for kids, too. Like at one point your path is blocked by a giant statue of a pencil. <laughs> and so this orange kid events a pencil eraser. I forgot about that And shit. you go up to it and you erase the statue of a pencil with the pencil eraser. Oh yeah, I God, remember. I forgot so, about that. You know what the good <laughs> thing is? The good thing is I actually still uh, keep... What's it called? Uh, emulators from different uh, from different um, consoles, along with a, a database yeah. for each uh, console. You know, database of games. Like I have for Nintendo, I have an SNES for Sega, and so on. I think I have Earthbound, so I actually can't play it at one point later. But now I got interested. Now I I feel like I want to play it. It's fun. It really is. I always want to say fuzzy pickles before a picture <laughs> being taken because of this game. The one thing that, though, annoys me a little bit is, like, uh, our different cultures, like, the different parts of the world where we are. It's like different things were popular for, the, for those right. two different cultures. Like, for example, for you, one of the things that I've noticed is, for example, Zelda. Is like in the absolute top. I personally didn't even know about Zelda's existence until Breath of I the Wild up. is the best. Just any Zelda when I start, for example, from still from the NES era, 
for example. It's just, yeah. it never got to us. It's like it never got to us. It got lost in translation. We had the Power Rangers, which uh, was uh, also Japanese creation, but let's think about it. Um, uh-huh. My Famicom, for example, my NES, uh, actually visually looks like the Japanese NES. Because I know that the American okay. and the Japanese one look differently, look a little differently visually. Ours looks exactly like the Japanese one. And it actually had its yeah, own library. They made library. the American one to look more like a VCR so that people wouldn't be embarrassed by having it on their, uh, <laughs> their console. I would be embarrassed. People are right now paying like 50 are... bucks. They're paying right now 50 bucks to actually own an NES. Right now it's going wild. They're going through all the yeah. old consoles. Yeah. I think they got to PlayStation well, 1 now. When video games were getting so popular, you know, they had people saying they're going to rot kids' brains and all that shit when TV does that shit more. Causes school shootings, Um, worshipping the devil. Bullying. Yeah, the satanic panic of the 80s and the Dungeons and Dragons and whatever. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. Stupid right-wing Christians that need to just... Shut up. <laughs> if it's anything, actually, um, I think the violence in the games is actually lowering my sense of violence that I want to inflict on some poor soul if it crosses my path. Well, yeah. In that sense, the, actually. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because you also brought up how you like the angry video game nerd. Did you see the the episode about them using the what is it the virtual reality and the zombie game i don't remember Um, the zombie game but you you mean virtual boy no it's a newer game it's like virtual reality and you can go through and it's like going through a zombie apocalypse and it's funny because the guys who were playing it after they played it they said they didn't want a zombie apocalypse (laughs) anymore because it was like they had to like actually virtually like kill zombies and they're like whoa i have to hit them hard <laughs> yeah, yeah there's no fucking around there <laughs> <laughs> no so no this is like a newer angry video game i don't think i've nerd. seen this one it's not gonna yeah, i watched it you're not gonna meet the zombie you're just gonna go poink and the zombie will like ah okay you killed me ah exactly <laughs> You're gonna have to use some. You're gonna have to use some strength to bash a zombie's head in. <laughs> I'd rather play something like House of the Dead, where you can use a lightweight shotgun with no kickback, <laughs> and you shoot the zombie once, and it explodes into bits. <laughs> right. But it was it, it was funny because you know you bring up the violence, and you don't want to do that. And now they're making games that are so realistic that are now making people rethink. The apocalypses that they wanted. It's a good thing. What do you think about the violence in games? About how it's portrayed? I don't think violence should be portrayed as heavy as it is. I hate that you can't show a boob or a nipple, but let's see this person tear this person apart or like shoot them up. I think it's ridiculous. I really wish we were a little more like Europe and more accepting with, you know, bodies and natural things and sex. That's more natural than violence. And here in America, a lot of people fucking love their guns, which many shouldn't have. Um, I think violence is, it's just, it's overboard at times. 
I like it most in games when it is overboard, like House of the Dead or like Mortal Kombat fatalities, when it's like something super silly, like if you turn into a dragon and bite somebody's head off. Yeah. That stuff is better than, you know, like a, a sniper game where you're using like a realistic like sniper games. rifle. Yeah. And I agree with you on that. I just think that the portrayal of violence is disgusting and it needs to calm. They need to calm their tits and show some nipple. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of like a double standard. Calm their tits and show their tits. <laughs> but you, but you Free see, the nipple. But you see, Take I Take away think, their guns. <laughs> but I think that so the idea of the games nowadays is just to be as realistic as possible because they believe that people want as much realism as possible. But... Yeah. There are those who actually are still holding on, basically. It was like, we don't know if, if you're ready for the reality. Right. But that's why, for example, they sometimes they're going to exaggerate one point, like, for example, the blood, for example. So you can feel yeah. greater sense of accomplishment once you've shot that guy and you see an x-ray, like it goes through his uh, seven and eight vertebrae or, or whatever. Them. Or you finish them, <laughs> right. for example. Rip out their spine or turn them into a baby. There was actually, as a matter of fact, right before they got uh, Mortal Kombat, Combat 11 out. There was a channel, I think, on on Facebook or was just uh, one of the groups on Facebook. Uh, they were making a documentary videos about the different fatalities in the whole Mortal Kombat lore. It was a guy who was uh, like a scientist and he was making tests. Like, for example, is it possible to really um, make an axe? out of ice like Sub-Zero does and if you can <laughs> right. really when it's it's actual ice if you can actually slice off a, the head an actual head you know such cool stuff that was that was exactly most probably like a promo from MK11 but it was actually quite interesting <laughs> and that's why I say in some cases they just like to exaggerate things just so the player can uh, yeah. feel a greater sense of accomplishment because it's one thing to shoot somebody or something um, in real life but if you make it so realistic to the point where you actually think you really killed somebody that's a completely different feel isn't it yeah i don't know how that feel feels i haven't killed anybody i believe you two I haven't insane. either <laughs> but i believe <laughs> no we are not murderers <laughs> I, because i don't believe yeah, like you're you gonna earlier, shoot we somebody. don't even really play yeah we don't even really play many games like that either we no. like we we have two Nintendo Switches, so we play Nintendo games, Mario games, and I like pixel art, classic style games, platformers, and dual stick shooters. Yeah. I did buy the new Mortal Kombat for the Switch because it was like 60% off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Personally, like Soul Calibur more for a fighting game. I just, I like that one a lot more. So Calibur kind of like... slipped on the ra from the radar here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what it's about. Yeah, yeah, sorry, continue. No, that's okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat, you know, the whole violence in games, as I do agree with Willie, like the overboard, if, if you know it's a game and you obviously know you shouldn't do that shit in real life, then we shouldn't have issues. But then we have these hyper-realistic games that are showing war. Like, most people don't know what really happens in war. No, and they don't. It's just, it's not good. <laughs> and I would rather not have those. But, like, the silly Mortal Kombat, like, ripping someone's fucking spine out. Like, you would need 
an obscene <laughs> amount of strength to actually do that. Exactly. So, I mean, that's more acceptable to me. I cannot speak for everyone, but, like, that kind of silliness. Just not super realistic. You're going, you know, into World War One. Like, I, I'm just not a fan of war. I'm not a fan of war-like games. And when I do when I do play something like that, that's first person shooter ish. Yeah. Like Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare was a good one where you play as a bunch of plants yeah. and you fight against a team of a team of five versus another team of five. Or mm-hmm. one like Dead Space Extraction, where you're the only guy on a space station and everybody yeah. else turned into like mutant zombies and you gotta shoot their limbs off. Okay. So the one first-person shooter game that I kind of liked, which was a little third-person shooter, was Max Payne, the first one. Oh, absolute classic. That one was great. And then he, like, munched down a bunch of pills to, like, get your life up. Like, (laughs) so silly. That one, I found the controls to be very easy, not too loose. I liked that first-person shooter I tried Max Payne 2, but the first one is, I think, the best. It is the best. It is the best. The second (laughs) one was pretty short. It was super short. Yeah. Even though it felt like the story was longer, in total, the gameplay... I think I actually was able to clock the games uh, one one day when I was a teenager. The first one, I played it for like five or six hours, I think, from back to back. (laughs) The second one took me four hours. And that on that I actually use and uh, choose the medium difficulty. Normally, when there is a story okay. game, I like to play on easy because I prefer to enjoy the story rather than the always. Game. Yeah, even though <laughs> always, even though for I'm... the last year, for the last year yeah. though, I start I started so so because mostly because it Plus. says this is the pro the proper experience gaming experience and i was like all right i'll trust you (laughs) but (laughs) i always advocate for easy because if Uh you're having too easy of a time you can always bump it up in most games Mm -hmm. i just i would rather see the story and if i liked it that much i can go back through and play it like god of war Mm -hmm. easy Okay, it was really, really easy up until you fight Zeus or whatever in the God of War. I'm mixing both of the games, Ares, and then I think Zeus in the second game. Mm -hmm. But I digress. (laughs) Playing it on easy, and then you can unlock other stuff playing on harder difficulties. But just getting to know the controls and the different moves and whatnot on easy, then get it down. Then, you know, test yourself, test your skills on harder settings. Okay, but then comes the question, since you already, when you play the first, at first, the game, you don't know anything about the story, you don't know what's going to happen. So, isn't it the feel a bit like if you've watched a movie you really liked, and then it's like you're going to watch the movie again, and you'll be like... Isn't there anything else I can watch right now? Um, <laughs> it's like, I've already know what's going to happen. So it's not that it doesn't have like the same effect. But are you are you two like of the replayability type of uh, players? I do like replayability of games. I mean, <laughs> you're asking someone who's just started replaying Final Fantasy 7, 8 and 9 all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I really love RPGs, even though I've played them, and Final Fantasy IX is one of my favorites, and seven. Mm-hmm. I could replay them probably another five times, and I do know what's going to happen, but I still like it. Is it about multiple endings? No. <laughs> I just like... I'm a weirdo, and I like grinding in games. <laughs> That's probably why I like Breath of the Wild so much. And I mean, this new Animal Crossing, There's, it's just a whole bunch of busy shit. Mm-hmm. It, I like that in games. That's why I like RPGs. That's why I did not like Ten Two. Final Fantasy Ten Two is trash. <laughs> I don't care who asks me. Fuck that game. It's dumb. <laughs> okay, And one quick question. I because I'm, I really <laughs> suck with Final Fantasy. I Actually, that's another uh, franchise that uh, slipped by uh, in my teenagehood that I never got into. But, uh, for example, I remember there was one movie called Final Fantasy. And I want to ask Advent if... Um, oh, no, the other or one. the Spirits Within. Yeah, yeah, with something with spirits, right. something with ghosts. Yep. Uh, and I want to ask, does it have to do anything with the actual Final Fantasy lore? Or is just a... Just an added movie, like... Yeah, it's just separate. a standalone. The spirit, yeah. um, the spirits, spirits Within. Spirits Within is, but they bring in a Sid, like in your normal Final Fantasy. It's just a standalone story. Yep. It's not connected to the games, but they nope. bring back Sid in every game also. He's yes. just a different guy in every game. And Biggs and Wedge. They're but, always in it. But Final Fantasy Advent, Advent Children, Children is kind of a sequel to Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Actually, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Yeah, exactly. That one. That's a sta- Yep. That one is a standalone. Um, so it's just a coincidence to name. The name is just a coincidence. Yep, yep. Hmm. They always put Sid and Biggs and Wedge in all Final Fantasy. Okay, now I definitely have now zero connections with the Final Fantasy world. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for ruining my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't even get into how one, two, and three are. Uh, now I'm just going to say that if I five. sit down with somebody, <laughs> if I sit down with somebody who's talking about Final Fantasy and I can sit on the side and be like, hey, I know what this is. I've seen this movie. <laughs> They found this- the Seven is <laughs> seven. I'm still torn a little bit on the redo. I have not looked at any spoilers or anything, but I did say if Eris is or Aerith, whoever you want to call her, <laughs> if you cannot fucking save her in this redo, I'm flipping every table I go by. Well, good thing you don't have a console to play it on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We have Willie to thank for. I don't have a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about you, Willie? What's your favorite um, RPG and why? I don't usually replay games often. Every once in a while, I'll go back to a game that I haven't played in like 10 years and replay it. Right now, I've been playing a lot of Binding of Isaac. And that's Still. a dual stick shooter that's randomized every time you play it. So the rooms will be in different orders. You'll get different power-ups, different enemies, and different bosses. And so it's never the same when you play it. Never the same two times in a row. But does it ha- does have a RPG element? Because when you say RPG element, I d- imagine that you evolve the character. Like that's there isn't the- really RPG elements. On each stage, you get one power up from a special power up room, and then you get one from a boss. But there are probably literally 
hundreds of items. Some of them are good, some of them make stuff harder, but so you never know what you're gonna get and it's always randomized. But once you die, you gotta start over from the beginning, from scratch. Ouch. That must well, harden well, morale. Well, this game, for a Nintendo game, and I know within the last, you know, 10-ish years, there's always been, you know, very wholesome, family-friendly games. This game is gross. This was originally a PC game, and then they ported it to mm-hmm. Switch. But... It's gross. It has poop monsters. It has vaginas that shoot blood streams at you. <laughs> there's, like, flies. There's demons, angels. It's a gross game. Is that the same game we talk about? Is that the same game? Yeah, Binding of Isaac. Isaac. You play as a kid whose mom, God talked to his mom and told her to take away all of his toys first. And then she took away all of his clothes and all of everything. And so he's just sitting in his room naked and he finds a trap door in the floor. And he goes down there and his weapons are his tears. And he uses his tears to fight his way to either heaven or hell. You've mentioned yep. this uh, this game uh, in previous episodes, I think, because it sounds familiar. Oh yeah, we did. I did talk about it in one of our earlier episodes. Yep, one of our very first ones. Yeah, that's but yeah, must have been. Yeah, but uh, this game actually reminds me. There was another game. It was like with the main character Squirrel, and also again there was like a poop monster that was singing opera. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, which uh, co- console was that? Was it on the Nintendo 64? Yes, that was Nintendo 64. <laughs> that was one of the very first adult games that was on a Nintendo console. But it was very well hidden, actually. Like, the humor was pretty silly well hidden. Silly game. Like, in the silliness... It, it, was definitely, it was definitely adult humor. There's In, like, the second level, you have to bounce on the sunflower's giant boobs to get up high. <laughs> At one point, you fight two demons that are in this fiery furnace, and you have to go up to a keg of beer, and you drink a bunch of beer. <laughs> it makes it harder to walk around after you drink the beer. Yep. And then you have to piss on the furnace to put the demon's fire out. <laughs> Don't you have this game? I know I used to. I think I still do, yeah. Yeah. I actually so. need to... I have to see now if I have in the database... I think I have Nintendo 64 as well, the emulator, but nice. I'm not sure... If there's also lots there. of movie spoof parts in it. Like, there's one part that's like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> but all the Nazis are teddy bears, and all the American soldiers are squirrels, and they're getting shot by the teddy bears, and you have to go storm the sniper tower. There's a part that's like the Matrix, where you're jumping in slow motion and dodging like bullet time. <laughs> These individual moments, I remember them, that I've seen them somewhere. Just when you mention them now, it just pops up in my head exactly. Private Ryan, <laughs> yeah. the Matrix one. It's like, where was this game? Where was this game in my childhood? No, screw that. Where was the fucking console to begin with? Because we didn't have it. <laughs> right. Or actually, we got it pretty late, but uh, then we were just right into other stuff. But like I said, I had only won the NES, and after that, it was just all PC. So whatever got out that was not for PC, it was just out of my reach. <laughs> That was my sad history as a gamer. <laughs> That's my sad history. So now I have to use emulators to emulate my sorrow of teenagehoods that I've missed missed out on. And I have your... That was the one console that I didn't have. I got a hand-me-down Atari 2600 and 7800, but I never had an NES. Then I was finally able to save up and get a Super Nintendo when that came out. And I've had every Nintendo system since then. I think I had a friend who actually had an Atari 2600. 
but it's like I have right now very limited memories about it. But I remember that I wasn't impressed. But I think it was because I already had the <laughs> NES. So I was like, mm, <laughs> probably. You get a three out of five IGN. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, my first system was Sega Genesis. Ooh. That was actually the... Sega Genesis yep. was like the hot shit. That was the hot shit. Oh, Everybody yeah. had NES, but for you to have Sega Genesis, wow, you're the man. You're the man. That was no. My, that's how it was for us, at least w- in my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's so funny because a lot of people who had Segas heard about the Sega channel and my parents, when I was younger, had it for two months. So it was a it was a cable channel. The cable company would provide like this like attachment that would attach to your Sega Genesis, and a certain channel would have like I don't know fifty games or something, some twenty fifty games. And uh, my parents got rid of it quickly because they wanted to watch their stupid TV and not let us play <laughs> Sega Channel because we only had one TV. But apparently it was expensive as well. And I I was young, but that was really neat. They had like this rainbow unicorn game that I loved <laughs> playing. <laughs> Sounds like a painting game. I know Ginger wanted to ask you how to say a couple things in <laughs> maybe in Swedish or... How many languages do you know? Well... First off, I'm Bulgarian by nationality, okay. so Bulgarian is my mother language. English is my pseudo second mother language, at least that's the level I want to portray it in. <laughs> Swedish, uh, I get around. It's uh, like um, on a talking level, I get around. It's not super fluent, but uh, I get around. Yeah. I used to speak German. But as a matter of fact, German and Swedish have actually a lot of common, a lot in common. So I basically used whatever I learned in German on the move. Like I didn't sit and learn it. (laughs) I had to learn it because of my previous job. And I used German actually to get into the Swedish so basically it became a language swap a german can speak to me i there's a chance i will understand what they're saying but whatever comes out of my mouth is going to be swedish as an answer <laughs> so it's really weird and confusing especially for the german guy so how do you say piss jug in bulgarian Um, actually, we don't really, we don't really, we don't really use the piss. We actually use more the shit epithet, epithet, so to speak. So a shit jug would be sufficient too. Okay, shit. Um, for for starters, shit. Uh, we use the word lino. 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 And that's 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 literally shit. You can call shit, but you also you can call somebody shit. (laughs) Yes. It can also be used in the sense so you can call him a shit face. Hey, like, no. Hey, it's like, hey, like, no. <laughs> but... What about Dick Shadow? Dick Shadow. You know, you have really interesting uh, ways of. Uh, <laughs> That's very creative. I, I want. I'm actually uh, before I answer you, I would like to. I want. I would like to ask about the history of Dick Shadow and how it <laughs> okay. came to the world. 
that we live in? How does it is it possible to exist? So was it about a month, maybe a month and a week ago when we were Yeah, I was working in- out of town and we had a Airbnb house that a bunch of us were uh, staying in together. There were about four guys that I work with yeah. staying there. And then I ended up coming down on a Thursday night to work from there. And I was talking about some uh, nice underwear that I have. Mac Weldon makes like really high quality underwear. And I was telling this guy, Mike, about it. And he <laughs> went busting his ass out now. <laughs> he went and looked it up on the website. And I was like, man, this, all these guys on this uh, website, they got giant packages. They all have dick shadows. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's so big that it has its own shadow. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I... I, I don't know. I think me and you were talking, and then I, when he said dick shadow, I looked. I was like, dick shadow? <laughs> My ear looking at dick shadows? <laughs> and I was like, that's the best. So that is where the dick shadow came from. Yeah. Okay, so basically the whole idea is a huge dick. That's what you mean. <laughs> that yeah. casts a shadow. That casts a or shadow. Or I mean, honestly, just, just a stiff dick could <laughs> cast yeah. a shadow. <laughs> Well, from the right angle. Well, like I, like I said, if I if I use the words for Dick Shadow, it's just not gonna make any sense, and you're just gonna look weird in front of Bulgarians. But uh, but I can say we very often actually. Well, that's okay. We look weird in front of Americans when we say Dick Shadow. We too, actually, so. you can actually, I can give you a better one. I can give you the word Ooh. patka. 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 P a t a k a. Patka. 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 Okay. Patka. 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 Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. You sound already natural. (laughs) Great. So the idea of what, like I said, I'll give you a better one. With this word, you can, it actually has a couple of usages. You can use it against a woman, a very dumb woman, in fact, in a, because patka means duck, actually means a duck. But in our sense, for some reason, we use it more as a sound of a goose. So you're like, you're dumb as a goose. You're dumb as a duck. So you can call her patka. Patka takawa. Patka. But we sometimes we use it for a huge dick as a word. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you imagine the duck, because if you imagine the duck, the head and the neck, it's like that's how big it is. It's going, wow, that's a a huge duck you got right there. (laughs) You know, you want to know something fucked up about ducks? Tell me. They have corkscrew penises. What? (laughs) And then the female duck vagina is the other way than the corkscrew of the male dick. And ducks are like really rapey and awful. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing so hard. (laughs) So when it comes to time, you just hear. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This poor ducks. Oh, poor ducks. But hey, they have to multiply after all. <laughs> so really. Right. They're, oh, yeah. uh, their eggs are delicious. That I haven't tasted, by the way. But I've tasted oh duck. God, I've so tasted good. duck. Which, uh, actually, I haven't eaten duck in a, a long time. A long time. But I think it was if very you dry. Pair it wrong. Yeah. Oh, it was dry because usually the duck I've had is too greasy. Yeah, extra fatty. They haven't mm-hmm. taken the fatty away so they can float in the water in the plates. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ugh. So gross. 
Calm down, Fine. Ginger. It's okay. The duck is not gonna get you. It's not gonna get you. Good. Willie and his podka will save you. <laughs> I was at a restaurant once that had a peanut butter jelly and duck sandwich. So I had to try that. It was actually pretty good. Wait, once again, peanut butter, jelly, and duck on two. Yeah, duck meat on, on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I'm still buffering right now. Obstructed <laughs> in my head. I have to try it now. I have to try it now. But first, I need to find a duck. God damn. Where's the Where's the Where's the nearest pond? Where's the nearest pond? <laughs> need to take my guns. <laughs> the Second Amendment. Set some duck traps. <laughs> Second Amendment. We make yeah. a We make a Swedish duck dynasty. Who knows? With a leading man Bulgarian. <laughs> Who the fuck knew? <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Anything else you would like to ask me? Um, no, not at the moment. Great, because <laughs> I have something else to tell you. I can teach you. Now it's about Swedish, <laughs> if you're interested. I'm down. Yeah. Okay. You can use... Now Now I can teach you how to swear in Swedish, or at least at, like Hell as yes. a real Swedish. So, <laughs> let's see. I'm going to actually do like this. I'm going to copy-paste the actual thing here and i want to try each of you to actually read it <laughs> okay oh boy um din chavla shitskovel almost i'm adding some shit almost almost <laughs> um, <laughs> let me let me take a guess try din yavla skitskovel well done it, the right pronunciation Skits is Din jävla skitstövel. You made that sound much nicer than us. <laughs> Din jävla skitstövel. Gotta think like the Swedish chef. Yeah. Now I need to watch more Swedish chefs. Oh, you have to. Oh, you have to. He is. He's gonna teach you everything. But Din jävla skitstövel means you devilish okay. poop boots. <laughs> That reminds me of a uh, one Lithuanian phrase I know. Keshelva shiktatanaloya. It means the bear shit in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> well, did it? <laughs> well, talking about shit. My grandpa shit. was Lithuanian, so that was the one phrase that he would tell people <laughs> when. People asked him to teach them some Lithuanian, and he would say, Keshelveshiktatanoloya. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> the bear shit in the woods. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Silly old man. Well, this episode quickly turned into uh, potty humor. <laughs> but I'll give you now the best gift oh. of all. I'll give you the best now of all. This is... This is a phrase that I'm going to give you, which is basically to say to somebody, now you've really done it. Like, you've, you've <laughs> fucked up. Like, big time, mister. Awesome. Apocalyptically. So, l <laughs> let's try how you're going to read that. <laughs> Let me clear my throat. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, my God. What is that circle above the A? When you have an A and this circle, the sound that it's going to come out is... <laughs> like a dying giraffe. Like hard to shit it. I did what? Stop it. 
God. I fucking hate America. Why didn't they teach us fucking another language in fucking grade school? Fucking cocksuckers. Because you had to build a wall. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, so Willie, dumb. your turn. <laughs> yeah, Will, go. Do how do she did did Stop it. I'm sorry, Ginger, I have to tell you that he was closer than you. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) Okay. So, basically, the worst way you can say to somebody, like in the most offensive way, I was like, now you fucked up, you idiot, is basically, knew how to quit it, it didn't blow a scorpet. Which means, now you've really shat in the blue cupboard. (laughs) And these phrases, by the way, these phrases, by the way, specifically before the episode I asked my fiance about and she found them and I told her, just imagine for a moment, just for the for the point of these phrases to exist they have to have (laughs) really happened so can you imagine somebody (laughs) in 16th century actually sitting in the blue Blue and it was like and his mother comes in and was like now you've really shat in the blue cupboard i'm gonna call your dad (laughs) that's so awesome I love it. Can you imagine that? Uh, (laughs) It's funny when you think about it, really. Well, yeah. That's why they have warnings on foods, right? And other things like, this should not be put inside you. (laughs) Or, do not eat this. It will kill you. Like, Tide Pods. Well, that is that is uh, that is specifically made for the morons. Uh, otherwise, for do- for the rest, I would say, well, it's uh, Darwin. Darwin, after all, <laughs> we have Darwin to thank for that. Yeah, all these all these precautions are slowing down natural selection, and that's why there's so many stupid people out there because we're not letting them die. Have you seen the movie The Darwin Awards? I don't think no. we've seen that one. Oh, you're but in we've for seen a treat. Idiocracy. Idiocracy. That is seen- also a treat. Yes. Oh. Oh, man, that hurt my head the first time I watched it. I'm not even kidding you. It gave me a headache. So many people actually shitted on that movie. But I was like, I see a lot of point it's in it. Movie. It's actually, it's more on the sarcastic it's level. It's more on the sarcastic level. So right. you need to actually think a little so you can actually appreciate the comedy. Because there is comedy in there. Yeah. Even though it's not exactly slapstick comedy. It's not some... <laughs> yeah, like, we're going to Starbucks. We don't need a blowjob. But idiocracy is happening. I know Simon, our other co-host, always gives us shit about not having kids because we would not have fuckheads running around like a lot of people are. That's why there is the phrase when you meet an idiot at uh, the cash register. It was like <laughs> you also pass in and say, and eh, give him a pack of condom on my behalf. But I was like, why? I don't need condoms. So I was like, so you don't fucking multiply. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need you around. We don't need mo- any more of you running around. <laughs> no, no. Oh, <laughs> right. no. But like I said, the, the Darwin Awards, you have to find this movie. I completely recommend you it's a type like exactly idiocracy it's like on that type of comedy it's that type of comedy it's uh now i'm not gonna spoil not gonna spoil uh, a (laughs) little just so so you can have a little 
prefix on what's going on. Uh, there is this guy who is actually going on and documenting the Darwin Awards is awards that are given to people who have died in the most ridiculous and stupidest way possible. Like, for example, yep. there's, a, there's a guy who is showing off to his friend his new high office. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this office, this office that is uh, on the 100th floor or something. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Look, it's bulletproof, that window. And I was like, really? Yeah, I'll show you. He takes a pillow and he runs <laughs> full speed and he goes through and he dies. That's a Dar uh -huh. that's a typical Darwin Award yep. death. There's an account that I follow on Twitter that's Same. called the Darwin Award. It's uh, <laughs> at, where is it, at Awards Darwin. Right now, oh. one of the more recent ones from three hours ago, they posted an article that says, man shoots himself in the penis while robbing a Chicago hot dog stand. First off, I want to ask, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Tell me it was a dare. If it was a dare, I would be like, oh, okay, fine. I understand. Poor guy went to get some wieners and he left with less than he showed up with. Oh, that sounds like a sick burn. <laughs> uh, the Darwin Awards, by the way, is from 2006 with Joseph Fiennes and Winona Ryder. I actually found it and I put it on our Netflix DVD. Quick. The Darwin Awards. Yep. I found it. <laughs> it's not the best movie, but definitely is like idiocracy. And it's just uh, gonna, let's say it's gonna make nice. you feel better. It's gonna make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I would not recommend Zombie Geddon. It's an awful movie. Zombie Geddon. Just don't. It's so bad. It's a trauma movie. I don't know if you've ever heard of trauma, but all of their movies are terrible. Ooh. So bad. There was one guy who was making movies uh, that everybody hate him. It was a German guy. It's basically if you Uwe hear, Ball? yeah, Uwe Ball, Uwe Ball. So every he had a zombie movie, didn't he? The Isla. He did the movie version of House of the Dead. I actually like that one because I watched his only good movie. I I actually watched it Alone in the Dark, and I think it wasn't that bad. Even though it just uh, it was clear that those actors that they were chosen were pretty washed out. Like uh, <laughs> yeah. Christian Slater, for example. Yeah. He used to be good. Isn't he dead now? That I don't know. Somebody I passed forget. away lately, uh, of late. Somebody passed, I think it was yesterday. I don't remember his name, but he played in the first Rambo movie. He was the um, asshole sheriff. Oh, hmm. yeah. That actor. Celebrities die just like every other people. Mm -hmm. Like, people die every day. People who, like, I, I get that celebrities and like culture and and things that certain celebrities you know you really really like but honestly like when they die like that's gonna happen to all of us it does uh, it is it is I oh hey guess what ubol directed zombie geddon also oh god it's so <laughs> bad so that fucking movie was so yeah. bad <laughs> And I just lo love his fucking confidence. Uh, it's like for anybody who doesn't <laughs> like the movie, come here on the boxing ring. Let's let's settle this the old way. You know, if I beat you ass up, you're gonna like it. And, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, either you like it or I beat you into submission, literally. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> taking it to the next level. <laughs> and I just love the fact. Sounds like our D&D campaign. So now the thing is, the thing is, I actually watched like, a, I think it was a documentary short movie just about that thing that Uwe Ball was doing. And he basically fought what like uh-huh. with a total of five people. And he's like, uh, I'm giving you a whole month, you know, to prepare physically, to get in shape if you need to and so on for the fight. And I just love the fact that some people are so clueless about some cultures like I can tell you one thing Germans are serious people they have a very dry humor in my opinion they have a very dry humor so Uwe Ball when he said it it was like I'm gonna fight you on the ring if you don't like it uh he really meant he really meant it like this is not a PR event like four out of the five people thought they thought it was just a PR trick but they went on the that sta- guy was talking I, we thought he was okay. just talking smack I thought he was just kidding I thought this was just a part of his PR hell no he beat the shit out of them on the ring and later they <laughs> fucking complained on top of the fact that the guys actually signed a waiver that they willingly are oh, yeah. going on the ring to fight him and I was like if that is not even at least to you a fucking red flag a clue Sherlock I don't know what it is (laughs) so his birthday is the day before yours Willie yeah. His is June 22nd. He was also the guy that was talking shit about how bad Zombie Geddon was before we watched it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same fucking guy. We should have listened to him. <laughs> we should have. He's talking about how bad fucking Zombie Geddon was and don't fucking watch it. It's horrible but i like house of the dead i like blubberella yeah (laughs) i've said to willie already that i personally don't like horror movies and um i don't know about zombie movies normally it's something about anarchy and just people in mass losing their humanity i've actually i think mentioned it in a previous episode it's just something that i cannot bear to watch even knowing that right. it's a, on pretend but it's just like i can't bear it like to see for example people just turning back you know and just like we're gonna kill you now because we need to survive you know such a thing the only zombie movie i could say i would love to watch and rewatch is Shaun of the dead <laughs> okay yeah. so if you like Shaun of the dead yeah. and if you have shutter if you have access to shutter mm-hmm. one cut of the dead is awesome it's a japanese zombie movie the first half an hour is kind of slow but you gotta hang on Mm -hmm. it's so good Mm -hmm. it's about a guy making a zombie movie yes in one cut they don't take any breaks but it's so good holy crap and it's funny and it's funny too you gotta like awesome you gotta Uh like the beginning is kind of slow that's all. I don't want to give too much right. away because it. Since Shaun of the Dead, this is my favorite zombie movie now, hands down. Before that was Shaun of the Dead for like comedy yeah. zombie movie, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't mind watching yeah. it again because I was laughing so hard I had to like go back to re- read like the caption. Uh-huh. Like what were they saying? I was laughing too hard. <laughs> well, Shaun of the Dead, like yeah. I said, is the only movie uh, zombie wise that I can that watch. I can watch because it's mixed up with comedy, and it's like who doesn't yes. like comedy? Who doesn't like comedy? But when it comes to comedy, also, the other thing in Shaun of the Dead is this duo that they have uh, with this uh, these actors, Simon Pegg and 
and uh, yeah. you want the ch- the chubby one. They're just awesome. And I was thinking, uh, yeah. since you've recommended me that movie, I can recommend you also another one, except for the Darwin Awards. It's called. <laughs> it's, this one is also a bit lighthearted. It's lighthearted. It's not very a serious movie. I don't think it was ever even on cinemas or anything. It's just one of those that slipped under the radar. But it's with Simon Pegg. Maybe you've seen it. We'll see. It's called Absolutely Anything. Have you heard of it? No. No, I don't think we've heard of or seen that one. Okay. Well, this time I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tell you zip about this movie. Absolutely Anything. It's called. It's from 2015 with Simon Pegg and right. Ka- uh, what's her name? Uh, Beckinsale. Uh, Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Yep. You're going to enjoy it. Too. You're going to enjoy it. Sweet. All right. It's rated R2. Terry Jones directed it? That I don't know, actually, but... Um, That's what it says on... From Money Python? Cool. Yeah. Terry Jones, yeah. With Simon Pegg, yeah. Kate Beckinsale, and uh, what was... There was also one guy, Rob Riggle. <laughs> with Rob Riggle. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Eddie Izzard is also there as well. For Robin a, Williams is in it, too. Most probably as a, vo- as a voice, but no, wait, 2015, yeah. he... Right. Wait, he passed... No, wait, he passed away 2016, was, I think. Was this his last... I think it's one of his last... Was this his last movie? R.I.P. Robin Williams. R.I.P. Robin Williams. Funny. Oh, I cried. I cried on that day. Yeah. When I heard. No, he passed His away 2014. If 2014. Maybe he just uh, recorded the voice before that. Maybe. It was still in pre production, I guess, the movie. But who knows? The funniest joke of his, because, you know, he had such hairy arms. He was a hairy man. Mm-hmm. There was a stand-up I watched of his, and the only thing that I remember was him at the end of the stand-up. He's like, hey, ladies, do you want to see what it looks like when guys go down on you? <laughs> and he throws his mouth into his elbow, and he's just going, because <laughs> his, his arm is so hairy. <laughs> funniest thing i was like damn robin williams is a nasty man but that was great that shit was so funny like that that actually i will never forget that because i remember him (laughs) lately because i remember him doing aladdin aladdin i don't know how the fuck you pronounce it but (laughs) because we pronounce it the other way anyway um and i and i realized that it's uh, robin williams and it's like this is a kid's movie you know it's clean it's funny and all that (laughs) and then i hear that robin williams is actually a stand-up comedian which is something that uh, my poor little east european brain didn't get come to that point that most of the comedians actually have stand-up comedy shows which is that's why i love so much stand-up comedy in return so and i see robin williams stand-up comedy i was like wow this is going to be awesome i play he met his very first joke is about vagina and it's like like <laughs> and my mind is blown i was like i'm sorry did i miss you <laughs> what <laughs> i know I, I wasn't offended or anything uh, not at all no. it was like i, I laughed my kind fa- of shocked blew my mind it, it shocked me it shocked me i love the show from just the imagine how much better aladdin could have been if the genie made a bunch of vagina jokes oh my god no they would have been rated r <laughs> it would have been it would have <laughs> yeah. been like goobs genie yeah. rub this <laughs> from secret levels what about them they do a bit um goobs does a goobs genie and, and it's always something about rubbing something, and then he comes out and <laughs> makes a bunch of dick jokes. He's a dirty, perverted genie. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's literally yeah. my favorite thing. Like, I love all of their episodes, but when uh-huh. Goob's genie comes out, it's my fucking favorite. Yeah. 
it makes me cry laugh all the time. Is uh, is What was the name of the podcast again? Can you tell me? Secret Levels. Secret Levels. Okay, so I'll take it that this is your, that Ginger, this is your recommendation for a podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll recommend our friends at Secret Levels, uh, Goobs and Toby and Jenny Bean once in a while and, and a few other people. But yeah, Secret Levels, they do they review older games mm-hmm. they're really funny great what about you Willie? all right oh shoot we're gonna do recommendations mm. um i will recommend my favorite news podcast called the daily zeitgeist that was a good one too mm. every weekday they have a new episode uh the guy a guy formerly from crack and a guy who used to be a washington lobbyist and a stand-up comedian and they go through what's on America's mind from... Millennial perspective, because they're our age. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't say millennial. I was going to no. say from a compassionate liberal perspective. Yeah, not like... They're very pro... Like pro liberals with actual pro. brains. Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Not the ones that are shoving yoni eggs up their vaginas <laughs> and not fucking vaccinating their children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I recommend not one but two podcasts? Yeah. Be- yeah. Okay. Um, the first one I'm going to recommend is uh, Good Buddies of Mine, also podcasters, Good Life at Midlife, it's called. It's uh, two dudes who, well, every time I'm describing it as uh, shooting the shit about midlife, about um, some will call it the midlife crisis and everything that uh, comes with it, different aspects of it, you know, parenting, drinking, um, whatever you can think of that comes of importance at the age of 40 or you're starting to, for okay. example, judge or sometimes you start to question. Um, they are they're pretty cool and pretty interesting. Now, personally, I'm 30 years old. I think I have about 10 years left until midlife crisis hits me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to be notified, in my opinion. What is it to come? So <laughs> I definitely recommend them. And the second podcast that I'm going to recommend is my buddy Joe Green from uh, Hero Talk. He has two podcasts, actually. Uh, Hero Talk and that he does with his friend Steve and he, one that he does on his own. It's called Hero Talk on My Box. The main thing about those two podcasts is about... Uh, they're talking about comic book movies and comic books in general. Uh, mostly, right. they're following the source material. Uh, Joe is also making uh, great uh, segments about comic book versus movie like for example he already did a comic book versus movie on for example batman hush like how was it in the comic book and how was it in the move in the movie that they made on the flashpoint paradox uh, he did, did it as a challenge from me i gave him this challenge well anything that is related to marvel dc and anything in its surroundings uh, he's got it and he's gonna he has talked about it or he is about to talk about it and he is super entertaining <laughs> and especially now i think hero talk was on a little break so that's why on my box the other podcast was was on that's where joe green is and right now hero talk is gonna think come back with its own episodes i think it has a youtube channel as well so you can see it visually as well the episodes when they are talking about it but definitely there are hot recommendations on my behalf all 
right. Sweet. Awesome. Found them both. Sorry. This was fun. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being on your show and you being on my show at the same time as well. Thank you, Ginger. <laughs> thank you, Willie. And yeah. I hope we do this yeah. again sometime. For sure. You'll have to. <laughs> thank you. Thank, <laughs> You'll have to come. Thank you so much. Come and be on one of our regular ones. Well, I hope so. Well, I'm always here. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just a chat away. <laughs> I'm just a Discord away. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. But <laughs> Time to get another beer. <laughs> you know, that's a great idea. Maybe I'm going to mix it with coffee. <laughs> let's see if I'm going to wake up. Let's see if I'm going to wake up in the ER tomorrow. <laughs> oh, bad time to go to the ER. Don't do no, it. That, no, that's what I call this. That's the Swedish death wish coffee. Oh, <laughs> that's the Swedish death wish. Sweet. All right, then. Take care, Willie. Take care, Ginger. Have a great one. Yeah, take All care, right, take CJ. Care, CJ. There you go. Bye. Bye. What's inside your butthole? That had nothing to do with that episode you just listened to, but I hope you like it anyways. Be sure to go check out CJ's show, Coffee Talk with CJ. Yes. And follow him on Twitter at Coffee Talk CJ. Yeah, go do that. And go give him a review and all the shit and listen. Email him and like him and thumbs up and share and heart and all the social media things that people do. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon with another regular episode Word. or something. That's correct. At least semi-regular. With all the dick shadows and piss <laughs> jugs for your liking. <laughs>